Hello and welcome to Vegan Superpowers. In the last episode, we went on a journey through the cosmos with the charming Colin Bedell. Colin offers some incredible services. One such service is a natal chart reading. With your date, time, and location of birth, along with the current astrological blueprint, and if I may quote Colin, you'll acquire the astrological vocabulary to help you make sense of the past, present, and future. And together, you'll get close to finding the specific answers to some of life's most difficult questions on personality, love, sexuality, and career. Today's episode is an excerpt from Colin's reading of my personal natal chart. I'm offering up this private information because I want you to fully understand and appreciate just how powerful and important the work Colin does truly is. Stay tuned after the episode for a big announcement from Vegan Superpowers. Oh, and if you listen closely, you may be able to divine what the announcement is from this reading. I hope you enjoy a little more magic from Colin Bedell. So have you ever had an astrology reading before? I have not. This will be my first. Oh, wow. So do you know anything? I know you know your top three, right? Because obviously when we met in New York, you knew it off the top of your head. Now, what beyond that do you think you know or don't know or what confuses you? What would you like astrological clarification on? And obviously this is confidential, so it stays just between us, but go ahead. So I know like the, my, my sun sign, my rising sign, my moon sign, all of that. Okay. Okay, so then what I'll do is walk you through, based on the chart that you're seeing, uh, like how that's calculated and what each theme signifies and where it kind of connects to the rest of your chart so you understand that. And then if any questions come up for you from there, we can go ahead and answer them exactly as you see fit. And we'll talk all about what this new moon today is offering you for really the next six months to a year of your life. Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... The line that cuts the chart in half from left to right, that's the Earth's hemisphere the moment you were born. All right. So if you vaguely remember from Earth science, you know how all of the planets, including the sun, rise in the east and set in the west? Yes, I'm very familiar with that. Of course, good. <laughs> so it is with every single planet and the entire zodiac constellations as well, right? Because when you say, oh, I'm a Libra, what you're really saying is I was born while the sun was transiting the constellation Libra. Right. So the, the skeleton cave astrology, as you know, because, you know, the top three really is where were the sun and the moon where the person was born? Where were all their planets? What constellations were they transiting? And the constellations were another sign for the zodiac sign. Right. Yeah. And what constellation was on the easternmost horizon the moment this person was born? Yeah, very easy. And what's beautiful about the rising sign configuration is that it's only there for roughly an hour and a half to two hours at a given time right, depending on the hemisphere that you live in. And so in one day, Ian, the entire zodiac will rise and set. And I think that's beautiful that like from Aries to Pisces, each constellation will see the light of day. And that's what concludes 24 hours in a day is when the entire zodiac sign has like risen under the sunlight. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And I had no idea that actually occurred. <laughs> I, know, I know. And it's just, I always try to ground clients with that understanding in the beginning right. to really help them understand the poetics of astrology and astronomy and the universe. Like there's so much wisdom and beauty and meaning behind it. And if us two air signs can just like put our fucking heads together and figure it out, 
it just makes beautiful sense to people. So anyway, you were born as you can see. What's that? I know. That's what we're doing. This is what we're going to do in your vegan podcast as well. So the the constellation on the left-hand side is obviously Gemini, right? So Gemini is your rising sign, Ian. And thus, when people first meet you, obviously, they're going to pick up on your Gemini energy, which not just saying this because I met you, but I totally did. Right. It was an immediate sense of social openness, curiosity, kindness, um, a real, real balanced approach to conversation. You spoke with the same enthusiasm as you actively listened, which is so stupidly rare in today's culture. And that is definitely a gift of the Gemini rising because Gemini is mutable air. And what's interesting is you have actually all three modalities in your top three. Okay. Because Gemini is a mutable air sign. So the modalities are cardinal fixed and mutable. You have all three in your top three, right? And Gemini is the first mutable sign that's introduced in the zodiac, and they are mutable air. Now, what's really beautiful about your rising sign, too, is that because it is the third sign of the zodiac, it's actually the introduction of human being in astrology, right? Because the first one is the ram, the second one is the bull. And the third is Gemini, and they appear in a partnership. This is not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Because what it says about Ian and about Gemini Risings and about also Libra Suns is that you were born with a beautiful sentiment of relational intelligence, relational skills, and relational proficiency. I hope so. You without a doubt. And, I, and honestly, I'm not an expert on it by any stretch of the fucking imagination, but... When I sat across, when I sat across the table from you, I was like, "No, he knows exactly how to connect to other people." I immediately felt a sense of connection to you, and I'm not just saying this, but I usually don't work on Saturdays because it's the only day where I'm not reading. But it would be my honor to talk to Ian on the new moon in Libra. Thank you, Colin. I really of course, because you're just an upstanding, lovely, thoughtful, open-hearted human being. You're making me blush, really. Uh, but it's true. <laughs> Listen, you know, I don't fucking, I don't blow sunshine up anybody's ass, but I'm I really... know that. That's why I'm blushing because I know it's sincere. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Just an upstanding, lovely man. And I was like, it would be my honor. to a new moon and Libra. I can't imagine any other way to bring this energy in. So, yes, you absolutely have those relational skills and that relational proficiency, which, according to all of the researchers and studies into long term satisfaction in life, that's really all it takes. So you can pat yourself on the back for that. And now what's, of course, amazing about Gemini energy is it also gives you the uh, mental capabilities to observe, to analyze, to communicate, to research, to use your voice like you do in, in a significantly powerful way, right? Because Gemini is the messenger of the Zodiac because they're, they're ruled by Mercury, as is Virgo, okay. which you have in your chart as well. You have two Virgo planets and Gemini, so you have both mercurial energies in your chart. So this gives you fantastic analytical capabilities, just keen insight into finding patterns that need to be connected, and then the educational capabilities to speak on them so people will listen, right? How do you feel about that? That's why I'm doing a podcast. Exactly, right. And again, water is wet. Ian needs a podcast (laughs) because he's a Gemini rising. Now, every zodiac sign is ruled by a planet. Right, so do you know what planet rules Gemini? I do not know this. This is Mercury, right? So, Mercury, as you may remember from, you know, the classical mythological texts, uh, was the messenger 
divinity who could fly between the heavens of Mount Olympus and deliver messages to the gods there. And then also, I think this is really beautiful. He was the only divinity that was allowed access to Scorpio's underworld because he, yeah, he ushered in the souls of the dead for Hades or Pluto, which is the Scorpionic archetype to determine as unworthy or worthy of receiving the abundance of a satisfactory afterlife. Wow. So it's interesting that Gemini and Scorpio, which are also present in your chart, have a very interesting connection because, yeah, there's actually, I'll, I'll text it to you now that I have your number. There's this beautiful painting of Mercury on, the, on a boat towards the river Styx, and he's got this beautiful light radiating from his head. And, of course, that light is his understanding and his wisdom and his intelligence. And he's bringing the souls of the dead in the underworld. And he's really focused on the task at hand because he's, he's the only one allowed to do it. And what's beautiful about that in relationship to you as well is when people first meet you, they may not immediately ascertain just what a depth-focused, very like analytical and critically astute thinker you actually are because gemini energy looks very lighthearted. oh it's easy it's fine whatever i can make people laugh at a few parties and i can sit at this coffee shop with this new guy I just met it key 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 right great but also if we needed to go really really deep really quickly you'd be all about it absolutely and that's gemini energy too and what also textual textures that beautifully is because Mercury is your chart ruler, because Mercury rules your ascendant, then when Mercury enters new signs, when Mercury goes retrograde, when Mercury turns direct, when Mercury aspects other planets in astrology, Ian, I want you to pay close attention to it, honey. Okay. Right? In fact, you have a Mercury in Scorpio. That's in your natal chart, right? And next Thursday, Mercury will enter Scorpio. Okay. So this is what astrologers call a Mercury return, okay. right? Yes. Now, this is because Mercury has returned to your natal position, right? Right. So during your birthday, astrologers wish you, oh, happy solar return. Right. Why? Because the sun has returned to Libra, and yes. Ian is a Libra, la, 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 right? <laughs> so <laughs> Mercury and Scorpio, this being your Mercury return next Thursday, is very interesting, Ian, because guess what? Mercury will retrograde in Scorpio. Oh, right. boy. It's at yeah. the, the month, right? Yes. Well done, you. Ah, I love it. I love it. It is happening on Halloween night. Right. Look at the universe being so cheeky with us, right? <laughs> and that is just going to extend the way that you think about thinking, speak about speaking, and the way you analyze your analysis. Okay. I know so meta, right? But you, you could go there. It's so meta. Right. But this uh, when I had my natal Mercury retrograde moment, this was in 2015 when Mercury retrograde in Gemini, my original position. And that's when I bought the Course of Miracles, got really clear about a meditation practice, knew that I wouldn't be able to live the life that I wanted unless my mind was super focused. Right. Right. And so that invitation is available to you, too. Right. In terms of what kind of practices can Ian engage with? as consistently and methodically as possible to really allow his mind, his thoughts, his speech, his listening to be as razor sharp as possible. And I think what's amazing is probably with your diet, you're already half a step ahead. 
You have no idea how methodical my everyday life actually is. Uh, you know what? I didn't when we first met. That's true. But when I looked at your chart, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And then I, <laughs> I just swan dived it. If you can see in your chart, you have a lot of energy in the sixth house. Okay. Right? So that is towards the right-hand side in number six. Right? Yes. And by a lot of energy, let's be clear. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> right. You got six planets in the sixth house. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. So immediately this would tell me, if I didn't even know what you did, if I didn't even know that I was talking to you, I'm like, oh, this guy's got to be in the health and wellness crowd. Absolutely must be. Right? Because the sixth house has to do with the energy that we can partake in every single day to operate our lives at peak performance proactively, right? The six planets that you have in your sixth house really demonstrate the positive effects of a routine, of ritual, and just really making sure that you operate your life well. Because it's in the sixth house, this very much has to do, Ian, with the wisdom of the body, right? So you're a firm believer in the fact that your body is always talking to you. Always. Always, always. What messages, what insights, you know, what wisdom, what instruction is so available to you because of that. It's called a stellium, by the way. You have a stellium in the sixth house uh, because it's more than three planets um, in one particular section. And what's so funny is the sixth house has to do with detail and all of these fucking planets <laughs> are – I know. It's just – it keeps on going. And when you, when, when you said you have no idea how structured my life is, I was like, you know what? Fuck, I don't. <laughs> I really don't, but I would love it because I only have my moon in the sixth house, whereas you have your moon and five other fucking planets. There. <laughs> so yeah, literally every I is dotted. Every T is crossed. That's amazing. And you know what? I want to really honor and encourage that to kind of stay the way it is. But remember, because your son is in Libra, then the operating word here is make sure you're balancing that with flexibility, spontaneity, adventure, progress, the unknown, novelty, risk, yes. all of those things. Great. Okay. And now talking about in terms of how you can invoke more of that in your life, how you can be more comfortable around it. I, since I am so structured focused, it's almost to my detriment sometimes. Yes. Right. Like I'm scared. Like if I go out and do something, then my schedule will be all out of whack. <laughs> really tell us, well, what would happen if your schedule did get out of whack? And... Probably nothing. Right. Exactly. No, I know. So that's why they're there for, to just kind of facilitate those conversations. And we want to remember, too, and I could be real uh, methodical with you on this because you are so smart, that life operates on the axis of structure and the unknown. Absolutely. Right. Dichotomy. It, absolutely. And that's the balance that Libra is supposed to embody and demonstrate so well. If you have too much risk, adventure, free spirit, let's go, right? <laughs> then you're just left with chaos, randomness, anxiety, you're yes. untethered, you are disembodied, and you are just in a chronic state of, of just psychological torture because everything is so ambiguous. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can't operate there. Now, but if we have too much structure, things become fossilized and then they die. That, that's the best way to say that. Yeah. Well, it's, that was something that was introduced to me by an Aries therapist, right? Okay. And she's absolutely right. If things are too crystallized, they don't grow. And that's also a concept in the Tao that says um, ever since really the dawn of time, when things are too stiff and rigid, it's, it's a sign of death. That's what rigor mortis is. 
only the supple and the colorful and the warm and the flexible are alive. To the point of your Mercury in Scorpio, I would actually argue, Ian, that if you would like to maximize this balance very effectively, this retrograde period, honey, is the time to do it. If you get it into your consciousness now and let it stay for six to eight weeks, I guarantee if we spoke about this next year, you'd be like, yo, Colin, remember how I was like, you know, all, all uptight about stupid fucking shit? Guess what? Not anymore. Because these retrogrades give us the time to do all verbs that start with R-E. Review, reassess, return, reformulate, right? So if you could return that balance to your life, I think from now until Mercury goes direct on November 15th, really just before the holidays, I really believe that you will know when, when it's time for structure and when it's time for risk. This is so spot on because I'm actually thinking about quitting my job. <gasps> okay, excellent. Let's talk about that. Tell so, me why. Go ahead. I've been at my job for two and a half years. Okay. And I do like structure, but the structure of this job is I'm doing the same thing every day. I'm not challenged. I'm not growing in this position. It feels mm -hmm. like the expiration date of this job has already passed. And I had asked for the job. I'm like, I need to have a raise. And if I don't have this raise by this date, I'm done. Oh, yes. Okay. And the date now, I gave them was October 31st. <gasps> okay, Ian. So hold on a minute. This is interesting. I'm going to get a little, a little astrological heavy with you. Okay. But Please, lay it on me. Lay it on me. Okay. So because if you're looking at your, your chart, the top of it is Aquarius. Okay. Right, so that's the uh, the squiggly looking things next to the number thirteen. It's the water to represent Aquarius. <laughs> right now, you have an empty tenth house, which doesn't mean anything bad, but the tenth house is the career sector. Right yes. now, in order for astrologers to kind of predict, well, damn, like is now a good time for Ian to quit his job? Right, yeah. I have to find where is his Uranus because that planet rules his career sector. Okay. Right? And your Uranus is in Sagittarius in the seventh house. That's on the right hand side. Yes. Currently, the planet Jupiter, which rules audacity, blind optimism, faith, hope in the face of risk, okay, is yes. in Sagittarius. Therefore, right on top of the planet that rules your career sector. So, what the fuck does that mean? Please tell me. What that means is if you take a blind leap of faith, you will be a abundantly taken care of and caught in a trust fall into the arms of the universe. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yes. If it was Saturn, if it was Pluto, I'd be like, you know what, Ian? Maybe let's, not. Not get, let's not get impulsive, sweetie. Right? Let's not. Let's stick it out. Right? But if you've been drawn to that, if you've been really clear about what it is that you would like and they're not just for whatever reason doing it, and Jupiter is telling you, get the fuck out. I think it's, you'd have to do it. And Uranus, which is the ruler of your career sector, is an energy that feels very much out of the blue. So if you've just been drawn to out of the blue, get the fuck out and initiate your own freedom rather than them letting you go. Yeah. I think that I really like this idea for you, actually. That was just a little example of the conversation Colin and I had about my natal chart. And yes, I've decided to quit my nine to five day job. And as Colin told me, the universe supports my decision. I'm going to take on some new ventures and see where the universe takes me. I'm investing in myself and my happiness. Yes, uncertainty is scary, but 
my Libra soul can benefit from a little uncertainty. Colin didn't explicitly tell me to quit my day job. He simply showed me that the universe supports this decision. That being said, this will be the last episode of Season 2 of Vegan Superpowers. But fear not, fellow superheroes, I am working on some big things and will be back with more episodes very soon. Before we wrap things up, I would like to give you an update on my guests from this season. Patrick D'Alessandro is writing an album under the name Why Can't You Go? Check out the link in the episode description for his first song, Might As Well Scream. It's super catchy and I'm super excited to hear the album once it's finished. Michelle Shea Walker is still making all kinds of modern day magic. She's helping so many people through the art of Reiki, tarot, and past life readings. And she's doing so much more. So if you need help getting unstuck from where you're at in your life, from whatever is holding you back, check out her website and Patreon for her services. Once again, links in the episode description. John Millette single-handedly accomplished the biggest feat ever to happen in the small town of Taylorville, Illinois. He brought the Superman of Harlem, C.T. Fletcher himself, to the lockup gym. Check out the links in the description for a video and all kinds of amazing interactions with C.T. Fletcher. Tom Lopez is still out there fighting for animal rights. He and I have been talking about the implementation of plant-based food in fast food chains. McDonald's in Canada just started their PLT, their plant-based burger, lettuce, and tomato. In the episode description, check out a link to his Instagram to see all the work he's doing for the planet. And of course, if you need some clarity on what the universe has in store for you, do yourself a favor and book a reading with Colin Bedell. I can't speak highly enough of just how wonderful he is. The universe spoke through him and gave me all the clarity and insight I needed to take a leap of faith and quit my job. You can check out Colin's website, QueerCosmos.com, link in the episode description. Something that this season of Vegan Superpowers has taught me is that I am so very lucky to have so many amazing people in my life. Every guest I've talked to this season has made and continues to make an impact on my life. I am truly blessed to know such incredible people. That being said, I'm taking some time to focus on podcast and audio production. I will be studying and learning all I can about the trade. In the meantime, if you have any questions or would just like to chat with me, you can find me on Instagram at Vegan Superpowers Podcast. Until season three, I wish you luck with your own hero's journey. Keep making magic, helping others, and doing what's best for yourself. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. Thanks for all your love and support. I'm Ian Dowdy. This is Vegan Superpowers, and I'll see you for Season 3.